Yo, guess what? Guess what, Rod? What, what, man? What's going on? It is episode 25 of the Should I Play That podcast. Mm. What's going on, man? How you doing? Great. 25, no breaks, no no nothing. Like, we've been going full steam ahead, and I am extremely excited about that. But you know, I'm even more excited about one other thing today, Chris. And what's that? You know, we were just talking prior to recording, and you may have brought the the one of the coolest guests we've had yet no offense to any of our other guests of course we love all our guests but like <laughs> I, I you know we were talking movies and 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 production film production and you, you know i love that i'm a sucker for that stuff so i'm extremely excited right now yeah we have gabby aka gabby x64 in the building what's going on man Ooh, with that introduction you have me blushing <laughs> <laughs> oh it's good to be on guys thank you for inviting me Yo, listen so it's it's funny uh a couple weeks ago we were talking like podcast stuff and then i saw you again this past week and then we're talking about vr for a little bit so i was like you know what i feel like this is a great time to have you on vr i feel like vr is in a point where you're either you know you in it completely you, you know you love it or you sort of really haven't experienced it yet so um you know we're gonna have we have you on we're gonna talk about that in the um topic section of this uh today's episode we also have some news bits today uh, we have a follow-up on ninja leaving twitch um they announced something for nba 2k and we have something something uh something happened to death stranding but before we get into the news topics and before we get into the meg- regular topic today we're gonna go ahead and start off with a little section that we like to do called what you've been playing well, we pretty much talk about what we've been playing. So, uh, Gabby, you're our guest. Let's go ahead and start off with you, man. Gabby, Ooh. what you been playing? If I could tell you, I've been sweaty as hell playing fucking Siege. Rainbow Six Siege Ooh, is nice. my baby. Um, I've been just grinding out ranked. Um, I've been trying to get out of gold hell, but it's just blech. But Siege We're- has been my baby. Where is the uh, so what are the, what are the ranks like? So I played Siege like a ton when that game first came out, but I don't I don't think like it, it I played any of the ranked modes. So how what's the tier of rank? So you got like so if you uh, imagine uh, going back to statistics, guys, remember the bell curve and you know high school and shit. Right. So your 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 first fifty percent is bronze is copper, bronze, silver. Mm-hmm. And then okay. once you hit into gold four, that's like your middle ground. And then it's gold, plat, diamond, and then you get in your weird whatever. I forget what it is after that. But mm-hmm. that's when you get to your sweaties. So I'm like directly in the middle. Okay, so, mid-sweat. <laughs> mid-sweat. So, and I'm, I've been trying to fight my way out of it. Because then not when you have people who are like good, and then you have people who just got carried all the way up here and had good placements. So you get stuck with like, Oh, it's bad. And then playing solo, and you know, any game trying to rank queue and solo is just never good because you got four of the people that can be either really good or they can be terrible. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've been, I've been dealing with that. I got one other person I've been playing with, and we we usually are pretty good, but we can't carry a whole team. So Man, can't so, do that. So what um what are the operators that you usually go to to when you're playing uh, this game? If I'm always playing, I am on attacker side. I usually play Sledge, uh, which oh, nice. has a, the giant breaching hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thatcher. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Thatcher, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. utility-wise, he's probably one of the best. So, you know, 
people always play a hard breach like Thermite or Habana, but never will run a Thatcher, and they're like, well, great, we can't do anything because everything's been banded. So mm-hmm. I always like to play him as a uh, as a good support, and you know he always fits into a team comp, so I never really have to change. And then uh, if I'm just trying to have some fun and get a little spicy, I play Capital. Um, Capital is that a new operator? Capital's new. So if you haven't been played in a while, he's like season two, I believe. Okay. He uh, he's Brazilian, and he has uh, he has smoke darts and fire darts. So oh, wow. you can like you can shoot a fire crossbow across the room and catch the floor on fire and stuff like that. So it can like get people hiding deep and hiding behind shields and you know draw them out and stuff like that. So he's uh pretty meta right now ranked wise and you know in the pro league. So in pro league he gets banned a lot, but not so much in just regular ranked. Okay. Uh, defenders, um, I can't really, I haven't really found my rhythm with like a good defender yet. Like I usually play Kaid and he's another one. He throws, like, a shock charge, so you can, like, shock uh, hatches and everything now when you reinforce them. And then, or I'll play uh, Capkin with the traps. But those Hmm. are my main two. And Defender. So something I definitely want to commend Ubisoft on, for sure, is the fact that they've been supporting the hell out of this game. Um, Like... from its inception, like I've I've been super impressed with that. So as a big siege player, like how has the constant stream of content been for you? Has it been like too much at one time sometimes, or has it been like a steady flow? No, it's great because I actually stopped playing year two and year three. I just because I used to play on PlayStation, and then year mm-hmm. two came out, and then I just stopped playing on PlayStation mm-hmm. and just like work and life, you know, moved the blase blase that whole shebang. But then I ended up just picking it up on PC again, and like I came back, and I was kind of thinking like the community was dead, but the community was better than ever when if from two or three years ago. I think it's been out for about four years now, and there's always new content coming out. There's always things getting updated. If there's a glitch or an exploit, it's usually up for about a day and a half, and then they patch it and they fix it. Like you, even when you're playing, you'll see people constantly getting banned by the auto banners for people getting boosting, people cheating, like. It is still, like, lively. So I enjoy it, like, 1,000%, because it's... I don't feel like it's going to go away anytime soon, especially how big the pro league is going. So I feel like i got a good game I can sink my teeth into. Like, you know how people have been playing League of Legends for, you know, God knows how long. Right, right. So, yeah, how has the pro scene been doing? Because I haven't followed it much, but I do hear about it on the periphery. So, I don't... So, Professional Siege is, like, one of those things, like, if you ain't paying attention to it, you ain't going to hear about it. Not, like... League of Legends or Dota or like uh, CSGO where it's always constantly thrown in your face like E-League. This is Fortnite. This is this. This is not as thrown in your face. But there's a very strong, uh, you know, globally too. There's a very strong output. Like right now they're doing regionals for, you know, um, US Opens and stuff like that. Like there's always stuff going on. If you're paying attention to Twitch and YouTube, I think they're streaming something uh, either like Play Days or like the Pro League is always has something going every week. Wow. It's almost like my ESPN. Like, I'll put, like, Sports Center. like, people leave that on. Like, I'll leave, like, Pro League just playing in the background as I'm doing Yeah. It. Yeah. That's awesome. So it, so it sounds like it's built up a nice little community for itself, too. Um, which is Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I never really hear too many toxic stories from Siege. I'm sure it exists out there, but um, it seems like the community in general is very nice. Yeah, no, I mean, there's still toxic people, but, you know, that's any, that's any professional game or any, any game, as long as you have a multiplayer game, there's going to be some toxicity, but mm-hmm. you kind of, you kind of, it's usually in the lower ranks, and copper and, like, um, the lower and bronze, like, it's pretty bad, it's, it's pretty <laughs> bad, 
But once you start clawing your way out of there and you get into Goldies, when you start getting more focused people, because like once you get in the Goldies, the people who actually you know have a good grip on the game and they're not just out here trolling. Because when you're right. a copper, like it's like people who just like threw their elo for the season and like just said, "I'm done. I'm not going anywhere." So everybody's like messing around, dicking around like it's casuals. Mm-hmm. It's bad down there. But mm. you know, it's always the grimy stuff's always at the bottom. But once you get to that middle ground, it's a lot better. Had uh, have Ubisoft um, ha- have they added new terrorist hunt missions to the game? I'm gonna tell you what, I haven't even touched terrorist hunt. <laughs> I barely even play casual. Like I will literally okay. start the game, and the first thing I do is I'll op- well, I warm up with a ranked game. I mm-hmm. I like to get spicy off the rip. I've always been a bad person about practicing, mm-hmm. and like I won't ever take practice seriously. So I'm always like in ranked. If I'm playing siege, I'm getting sweaty. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I um, you know, when I was playing Siege, like at, at the beginning, it was it was really unique. A lot of people didn't quite know. They felt like it was going to be like an incomplete package. Um, people felt like there was not enough there. But I felt like as I was going through it, that there was enough of the rock paper scissors uh, type gameplay uh, that made it compelling. And I I'm a sucker for. Uh, for team games, uh, something that you need communication, like clear communication on. Um, I love that kind of experience, oh. and Seize just brings that in spades to me. Like it, it's it's a very unique experience. One thousand percent. If you're not communicating, you it's off the rip. If you go on the microphone, you're like, does anybody have a mic? And it's complete silence. You know, it's going to be a bad game because no because information is honestly ninety percent of the game. You can win every gunfight, but if they catch you before you even looking at them, it doesn't matter how good your gunfights are. Mm-hmm. You have to know where everybody's at 24-7. Like, information is key. Communication is key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do enjoy that. And I think that's what kept the longevity of it, because it's always just, like, it's simple, but it's always dynamic at the same time, if that makes sense. There's yeah. always something different going. It's a simple, it's the same 5v5, just easy going. You know what you're going to get into, but every game is different. Absolutely, absolutely. It reminds me of Overwatch in that way, um, mm-hmm. where like I, I can come out with a story. I can play like three or four games, and I'll always have a story to tell after at least like uh, you know a few games. Mm-hmm. Um, Siege definitely gives that to me for sure. Yes, absolutely. I never got on the Overwatch wave though. I couldn't do it. Oh man, it's it's very fun. I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, shortly, but yeah, it's it's very good. Yeah. And then uh, I'm trying to think what else I've been playing. Actually, you know what? As garbage as it sounds, I've been playing WWE 2K19 a lot, too. <laughs> okay. and, why, and why are you saying it's garbage, man? <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it, look, it's no No Mercy. Let me tell you that much, all oh, right? Oh, man. And it's no WCW either. Like, it's a whole will we, different will game. Will we ever get another No Mercy? I don't yes. know, but... <laughs> I, cause the thing is, is that my folks have my Xbox. I haven't been down to her, their place in a hot minute. So, like, my, my Xbox, my N64. So I haven't got to play No Mercy. So I was like, I'm not driving down there. GameStop's five minutes away. I'm just going to pick up 2K19. And it's obviously not a No Mercy, but I've been having fun with it. So what are you, what are you doing in the game? Are you, um, so I think re- the recent WWE games, they've done a really good job of like making, they have like the WWE universe mode where you can pretty much keep playing and it creates storylines for you. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing, the, it was a creative, uh, the whole creative character, my player, mm-hmm. what I've been doing. So you kind of like make a superstar and you go through the whole story. Like I just finished it. Like now I'm just doing title defenses. But nice. It's fun. Like, I got to make myself, like, the six-foot, you know, 275 person I've always wanted to be, how I feel on the inside, <laughs> knowing I'm 5'3 and, like, 125. 
So I enjoy it, and also I've been like going through because I bought it too because I've been going through the whole old school Attitude Era, like the early, like the late '90s, early 2000s wrestling, yeah. just like on YouTube and going through those like clips and everything. So, see, like I, I'm, I'm, I've always been a fan of wrestling. You know, it's, it's always something that like I'll always jump back into. So mm-hmm. you know, playing those games, like I was looking at my library of things, uh, things to play the other day, and I was like, dang, I really did like have like. 2K 17, 18, 19. I was like, oh no, I didn't pick up 19. But like, it's it's always you know, it's, I feel like it's a uh, it's a a nice casual game to like sit back and play. I'm not gonna lie, the whole reversal system took a while to get to. I'm not gonna lie, the first two days I couldn't get the reversals down. I kept on getting you know triggered. But once I got that handled, I was like, this is a lot more fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's fun, dude. And then uh, side note, Stone Cold Steve Austin on Hot Ones. Hot Ones, yo, I'm so excited like i i think the biggest thing for me is i want to see how he reacts to um the bomb i do too because everybody oh uh, in this iris elbow i know we're getting off topic but the iris elbow one oh <laughs> I'm, so I'm in the middle movies. of that one oh, oh the, the memes have been fantastic of him coughing oh my god <laughs> i need to finish it then <laughs> I, I got like 10 minutes into it and i had to do something else but i want to i need to finish it you do it's good Nice, nice. Yeah, the last wrestling game I played was probably Legends of Wrestling, like three generations ago or two generations ago, um, which I enjoyed. I liked it, but I haven't played a new one, so I have. If I were to do that, I have zero idea what to expect. I mean, they've they've um, they sort of leaned really heavy into the whole two K, like you know, creating a character. And like going off of that, so like think of like playing like NBA 2K, like you're okay. you're my player. Like they they leaned really heavy into that. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. But you know the gameplay, it's you know it's it's still there. It's not as arcadey as if you know you know here comes the pain or uh, no mercy or anything like that. But I did hear that with the next 2K game, um, it's going to be in house. So. Uh, Ukes, they've been producing the games uh, for as long as I can remember. They're actually not making this next WWE game. So it's going to be real interesting to see how that one turns out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But yeah, uh, anything else besides WWE 2K19? Uh, I mean, besides, I picked up like Dragon, uh, Dragon Fighter Z and uh, what else? I picked up Grand Theft Auto on sale. And been messing around with that, but Grand Theft Auto Online been weird. I guess if I started playing it when it first came out, like it would have been better. But like hopping into it and like just getting shot by everybody is like not as enjoyable. And then yeah, Fighter Z everyone, is, I was gonna say everyone in GTA is like in attack copters and like, like yeah I'm heavy like, armored vehicles. I'm over here in like some Tims in a bucket hat getting shot. <laughs> I'm over here running around with a pistol, and I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to play. I end up sitting half of the time just in the casino playing blackjack because I'm like, you don't think I know how to do? <laughs> oh, that's really interesting, actually, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show, but uh, the casino was a big deal. Um, that was a, a new addition to GTA Online, um, and the fact that you could. Uh, literally gamble uh, real money, maybe not directly into the game, but you could like invest in shark cards or something and, and take that and actual and actually like turn that into uh, money. So, ha- have you messed around a lot in the casino yet? 
I mean, literally, I've done like I've done the uh, the wheel spin where it just gives you like a once a day wheel spin, and then literally because I'm not that great at it's like they have three card poker, they have slots, I think, and some other else stuff, but and like craps, but I'm not really good in real life. I'm not good at three card poker in real life. I'm not good at craps, but in real life, I'm really good at blackjack. So I literally just go back to the blackjack table and just been playing that. Oh my god, you are me right now. Like, I <laughs> I was been playing another game where that's all I do. They have all these options, these gambling options, and I just go back to Blackjack every time. So, so Blackjack, even in, like, my real life, on my phone, like, I'll just play it. Like, when I have idle time, it's either Solitaire yeah. or Blackjack. Nice. Two things I'm always playing. Nice. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. So did you get a chance to touch Dragon Ball Z at all? Yes, and it's fun, but it has the uh, so I've never been good at Marvel vs. Capcom three, and it kind of has the same three v three fighters like situation. So I'm not good at it. It's fun. I enjoy like going to the story and just playing it. But like I'll go online and just get murdered, and then I'll play with my friends and just get murdered. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Chris and I have the same thought on that right chris i was i was literally gonna say that i was like i'll i'll sit there and i'll play the story i'll sit there i'll watch other people play but then when it comes down to like actually playing like that's you know i i'd rather just i'll just sit back and watch i it's a new yeah i can't do it <laughs> like it's I don't, I don't know i don't know if like just like you said i think it's um not really being good at like marvel 3 or um, the, just the whole 3v3 thing is just not really for me. But they did a hell of a good job making this game look like you're watching the anime. Oh, like, yeah, no. It is in the characters and everything, and, like, it's fun to play. Like, I have a blast playing. Even when I'm getting wrecked, I'm still having fun playing. Like, I don't get triggered like I do in Smash and other games. Mm-hmm. But, they like, the art style is really good. The way they're pushing the story and the narrative is really good. Like, they did a really good job with this. Yeah. And yeah, and like even with the story, like it's um even though it's like a one off, like a what if type of thing, like it sort of makes sense, like if you've kept up with Dragon Ball Super and everything like that. So Yeah. Yeah, so- which is it's great cuz I mean, I'm just catching up on the dub of Dragon Ball Super and like I'm following that and and the Dragon Ball Fighters makes more sense like now that I'm going through it and it really rewards that sort of viewing even though like it takes place I guess like after that series I guess um like it, it's I mean Gabby like you were saying you know it's even when you're losing you're it's a great thing to watch and I think that's just a testament of of uh, what Arc Systems did with this game and emphasizing the presentation of it I think that's it's amazing mm-hmm but yeah, um, that's. I, I, I'm trying to think. When was the last time I played uh, Fighters? I think it was when they added like Bardock, and I think uh, they have some new characters that that came through. I think there's um, or either they just announced like Gogeta. They yeah. announced. Um, I think uh, the Brawly from the movie. I'm not yeah. sure if he's in the game yet, right? Yeah, no, he is in the game. It's uh, Gogeta from Brawly, and then the other one. There's a, there's another dude. He's purple or something. I think he's from a movie. I don't think I ever watched. So oh, Janemba. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. I'm telling you, what, I'm so behind. Like, I'm gonna tell you, like, the last thing I remember seeing, and this is terrible. I'm saying this out loud. Last thing I remember seeing was like the Cell Saga. That was it. Like. I'm that far behind. I know Dragon Ball Z wasn't anything that like 
I always enjoyed it, but I never went to go seek out uh, seek it out as right. an adult. So like, I'm like, going in here and I'm seeing characters. I don't like. I don't even know half of these fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because it got me back into Dragon Ball. Like because I started playing uh, Fighter Z, I was like, damn. I you know I used to love this show. Like where is it now? Oh, there's a new tv show going on all right i'll check that out and now like i'm here i am watching it <laughs> so it's kind of crazy how that works how many episodes are like in the in super uh 131 i think yeah, it's a lot it's yeah. a lot that's Talk what happened with me in naruto i remember like stopping watching naruto for like three months and i was like i'm never gonna catch up yeah <laughs> when i got to it when i picked it up it was like i think they were 40 episodes deep and then i caught up and then from there, that was more that was more digestible. Um, and then I've been I watching week to week ever since. So that's been easier, you know, rather than having to binge 131 episodes. Yeah, um, yeah, I was. I'm yeah, I'm the one that like as soon as episodes are dropping, I was watching it. So like certain like this this last arc, like I feel like they have, they have a lot of fluff in it. So it's not really my favorite, but. Yeah, it's a lot of episodes. Yeah, if you're into if you're into the show though, like or if you remember it or have any nostalgia whatsoever, they did bring like ninety percent of the English voice cast back, so like you can kind of feel that nostalgia all over again. It's pretty cool. So like sub versus dubs on that show. Uh, both really. I think all the subs might have come back um, for the Japanese voice acting, but all the like ninety percent of the English voice actors came back. I think like Bulma's different. That's like the biggest change, and everybody else is still the same. See, I don't know I, if I, could do. I I feel like um, I grew up with with uh, Dragon Ball Z dubbed. Yeah, same. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if I can even do subbed if I like tried. Like, yeah, I'm usually a purist like that, but I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. I think yeah, we're both with you on that. Like, yeah. we can't, we, we people make fun of us, like, cause like they're like, oh wait, wait, you don't you don't watch Dragon Ball subbed? What? You don't watch it in Japanese? <laughs> like, no, dude, I watch it the way God intended. Okay, in English. <laughs> you know, one thousand percent. And then especially with playing the game, like I I've had people get on me for playing the game in dubbed. I'm like, yo, tell me what Goku's saying right now. Please tell me. Besides him yelling, <laughs> what else is he saying right now? Because there's no subtitles when you yeah. play it in sub. Like, it's just Japanese voices. It's, like, yeah. I, I, I appreciate, like, the banter that the characters have back and forth when you put it in the dub. I'm glad you told me that because I've just been playing it, like, in Japanese. And I was like, oh, all right. man, go ahead and swap it back. Yeah, <laughs> swap it back, man. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> all right, so... um. With that, are you? Was that pretty much everything that you've, you've been playing uh, recently? That's all I've been touching. Okay, I mean, it's, it's all a solid list. Like, I, I feel like yes. I've always, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to go back to playing Siege. I just, I don't know, there's a huge bucket list of me of games I'm playing currently. Games that you know are that are coming out. You know, this September, October, November is really packed. But I think you know we we're talking about before. I'm gonna try and jump back in Siege, and we'll get some games in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then once Call of Duty comes out, we can hop on that. Nice. Yeah, this one looks. Yeah, this new one looks pretty good. Oof. But know. uh, but Rod, we got a got a list for you for yourself too, don't you? Uh, a little bit, just a little bit. A little I'm bit. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna hop past uh, a couple of these pretty quickly here, but I uh, definitely want to talk about the last thing on this list a little bit. So. Okay. 
the first thing I was, I've been playing, I, I would definitely want to mention Yakuza Kiwami 2 again. I did not mention it last week because I only played Fire Emblem last week. Um, but I am still loving Yakuza. This might shock everyone. Um, but the game is still great, and it's getting even better. So I mentioned a couple weeks ago that the story in this game um, it starts maybe it has the best opening to any Yakuza game I've played yet. Um, and the momentum just continues. Um, it reminds me kind of as uh, we were talking about films earlier, it reminds me of a Takashi Miike film. If you guys have ever uh, seen one of his, um, uh, Ichi the Killer or mm-hmm. uh, Blade of the Immortal or Audition or something like that. Like um, he's a classic Japanese filmmaker. His, Yakuza games remind me of those films. I've been kind of thinking about that <laughs> over the last week. Um and they are these classic, just uh, Japanese gangster crime narratives that I, I love. Um, and Yakuza Kwame 2 is delivering that in spades. Uh, you get all of the side activities that you normally get with these games. You get Mahjong, you get Blackjack and Craps, and you get... Uh, yeah. A bunch of Japanese ga- gambling games. I don't even know how to play. I just press buttons, honestly, um, and hope I win. So, one thing though I want to highlight is uh, <laughs> just the 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 tone that this game sets is just so perfect, and it's something Yakuza does so well. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I wasn't so sure about the side content in the game, or at least the the side missions. They weren't as um, as lively as some of the other Yakuza games have been in that regard. But it, boy, was I wrong, because at past like the first five, maybe ten, it gets you, you start to get some really creative ones. So I want to talk about one I ran into particularly. You're just kind of walking down the street in one instance, and you come across like a group of like four Yakuza thugs, and they stop you and they say like, you know, Hey, we're blocking the street. You know, you got to play it, pay a toll to get past us. Obviously, your player characters like, you know, fuck that. Like, you know, what are you doing? Um, you fight them, you know, as as one would do. And, you know, you beat them. They uh, their boss comes out and is like, oh, my God, like what you you fucking numbskulls like this is don't you know who this is? Like, you know, because you're playing like a legendary Yakuza person, like everybody knows your name. So the boss is out there. He's pissed. He's like he's talking to his subordinates going like you guys are terrible. You guys suck. Hey, you know what? Kiryu, that's the name of the character. He's like, Kiryu, come to the club. Our girls there will take care of you. You're so good. Like, c- come on, man. Come on. Let me let me. This is my form of an apology of an apology. Thank you know, you. Nuff said, right? Nuff said. Nuff said. Your, well, your character's at first, you know, Kiryu's at first, he's a humble guy. You know, he's like, hey, I got shit to do, which he actually does have stuff to do. Like, someone's bleeding out. He's got to get a doctor for him. It's a whole thing, all right? It's a whole thing. But he's he's trying to uh, to get somewhere else. But he's like, you know what? Whatever. What's the harm? You go with him. So, <laughs> fade to black. We open back up. And uh, it's Kiryu's just in this room. It's kind of like a really bare hotel looking room and this woman comes out in like a maid outfit and she's like hey uh you know hey, what's your name and kiryu's like uh you kiryu kazuma uh what am what, what am i doing here what are you doing here what's going on uh where's everybody else and uh she's like hey uh well do you like your milk straight from the source or from the bottle and, oh. she, and she, kiryu's like uh what <laughs> he's like um you need to get off me so she starts like grabbing him and he's like, all right, you got to get off. So he like kind of tries to push her away, but he he goes, he he flies backwards, kind of, and he knocks a wall over, 
revealing a, a playpen with all the Yakuza members in diapers, nothing but diapers, and they're all being like acting like children and like clapping and like like drinking milk from like all these girls who are like dressed up like like maids. And they're all just the look on Kiryu's face is, as this is happening made the game. I paid sixty dollars for this. No, I paid well, I paid thirty dollars, but MSRP is like fifty dollars for this game. Yeah. It was worth every penny just for that moment. And <laughs> so wait, so time out. We're not going to slide past this. Okay. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is that he knocks through a wall, and like this is other like yakuza members that are like oh, living out their fetishes. It's, it's the same one, the same guy who was like, "Hey, come to my club. Like this is like this place will melt all your worries away." Like it's the same dude, same goons he was with. Uh, they're all in here having a good time seemingly <laughs> and um Kiryu's like hey this is not my scene I'm gonna go and so he turns around to leave the guy gets up music gets all serious and whatnot and he's like hey no one turns down uh, the hospitality uh, the hospitality of a gentleman and you have to fight all these grown men in diapers um <laughs> using other <laughs> weapon or using other objects in the room as weapons such as like uh children horses and uh, like toy horses and stuff like that uh it's it's wild it's wild um so it, at the end of all that does he like walk out and say i take i'll i i'll take mine from the bottle <laughs> and then just walks out mic drop <laughs> yeah that's what should have happened maybe in yakuza kwami 3 but in this one uh you know you you finish beating them up and you you eventually leave and the there are some more goons at the like outside and they're like uh and Kiryu's like hey I don't want to fight anymore like I just got through like you know thrashing like 10 of you dudes and they're like hey we don't want to fight man in fact we're actually happy that you kicked the boss's ass because everybody thinks he's in you know we're all into the same kink that he is but really we we all hate that shit that shit is weird um so thanks. We don't have to deal with that anymore. Maybe he'll see the light. Um, so in a way, you kind of help them, and it just ends in that way. I mean, obviously, I, it's so extremely questions. <laughs> That's Yakuza in a nutshell. I mean, like this is a game that is like super serious, like <laughs> crime plot driven uh, type of thing. Like we're with like triple backstabbings and and everything else but then you get these side missions that are insanely wacky and somehow they make uh the tone work i've never i've never seen any piece of narrative be able to juggle uh tone so well before like it's it sounds weird and wacky as i'm saying it and it is but it, it somehow fits in this world i don't know how they do it but they do it um I just wanted to give that side mission its its due on this on this show. So thank you um, <laughs> for that. Okay, so uh, the other thing I've been playing was uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. And uh, Chris, you and I both picked this up, actually. Mm-hmm. We did not get a chance to play together yet, but hopefully we do soon. Um, this is the collection of 12 Street Fighter games that it, it contains pretty much one through three. And that also includes all of the iterations. So, for example, you get um, Street Fighter 2 and then Hyper Fighting and then Turbo. Um, I think you get, like, one more. Oh, World Champions. Uh, Street Fighter 1. And then you get the three Alphas and then you get um, the three Third Strikes or the three Street Fighter 3s. And um, obviously the definitive version of those would be, like, 
Street Fighter Three Third Strike, Alpha Three, and like I would say Turbo. Some people might say Hyper Fighting. I say Street Fighter Two Turbo. That's that's my definitive two. Um, but uh, this these are arcade versions or arcade perfect versions of these games. So they're right there on Switch, available to go. I mean, it's on everything, but I think it's really great to have them on the Switch because they, they can go anywhere. Um, they have a, a very detailed museum section where you can go and uh, read up about every single character that has ever been a, in a Street Fighter game uh, pre-4, which is cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really the definitive Street Fighter... Well, I would say it's the definitive Street Fighter collection, except for one thing, Chris... One thing that you did not tell me about before you had me impulse this game, oh. which was that they do not have a macro for three punches and three kicks. Oh, wow. That's weird. Yeah. So, or, or even two. Even two would be fine because you can't do EX moves without physically pressing the two buttons. Huh. Which is very awkward on, <laughs> on a controller. Um, namely, a Switch controller. It's... It's very difficult to do. It doesn't come out all the time. Um, also, the joy the Joy-Con is not great for the game. It's not fantastic. Uh, the D-pad also not great. So you might have to get like a controller, like a um, the Pro controller for this game. Uh, that might be better. I think the D-pad would be more suitable for something like this. But I'm I'm not pissed off. Like I paid twenty dollars for it. It's it's fine. It's Street Fighter on the go. I'm not going to be that mad. Um, I played a bunch of Street Fighter. Like 90% of my time ha- so far has gone two-thirds strike. Um, so, I mean, that to me, that's like the best that's the best Street Fighter game. It's not... My favorite is Turbo, but the best is Third Strike. The art, the music, it's just... It's it's impe- impeccable. Like, there's, there's you're not getting a better in, experience um, the, in Street Fighter than that game. Uh, with the most eclectic cast I think any of the games contain. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for for my money so yeah uh cool collection definitely check it out if you need macros you don't get them so definitely know that before before going in so the last thing i wanted to mention very quickly is overwatch we talked a lot about siege and the more i was kind of hearing gabby talk about it the more i was kind of like realizing a lot of uh similarities so you know it is a six uh have you played overwatch gabby I have. I was. I listen, I bought it day one, got it on launch, and I played it for maybe about like thirty minutes to an hour, and I was like, "This ain't it for me, Chief." And I've never touched it since then. Okay, what what I, was it about it that turned you off? I just didn't like. Uh, I was really hyped for it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I just couldn't get past like. I like Siege because it's a very like decisive like you turn that corner either you win that engagement you're done like there i don't like the whole multiple response and rushing in and rushing out rushing in rushing out gotcha. i like my two minute not two and a half minute window one life go in go out i used to i used to play a whole bunch of search and destroy like in call of duty like that's the kind of gameplay i like so mm-hmm. like just that repetitive going in going in going in going in never really enjoyed it and also i just i could not get a i couldn't get a rhythm there's not one person i can get a rhythm with Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I've spent ungodly hours with this game, and I've got to tell you, like the yeah, going. Sometimes it can get to you, like going, you know, from the, that spawn room to wherever it is. Like you know, I have walked 
maybe hundreds of miles like uh from that so i totally understand what you what you mean um so overwatch released what i generally think is overwatch 2.0 um this week so as of this recording i think it was like maybe 24 hours old at this point um they released a not only a new hero uh by the name of sigma he's a new in the game but they also released the role queue which is huge if you know anything about overwatch it's huge what the competitive queue was like before was that you know you could they did an lfg or a, a looking for group function in the game before but it wasn't forced it wasn't super utilized and i think people just started dropping it after a while um so people theoretically you could just kind of go in q4 com, uh, comp game and you know 6v6 you kind of just pick a, you could pick any role you want so support tank or dps uh, damage per second like those three options are available to you at any point in time. Frequently, if people get frustrated, they get toxic, they start throwing. Um, they might pick, like, you know, if somebody was playing support, they might just switch to DPS. Maybe they don't think somebody on their team is doing well, um, you know, and people feelings get hurt. Get hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, we start, you start mixing up roles, and maybe you have one support and five DPS or four tanks and two supports, no DPS. So that, that happened frequently. Um, so you can't have sweats without the salt. Let me tell you what. You can't have sweats <laughs> without the salt. I love that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> uh, so with this roll lock, what they've done is that before the queue countdown even starts, you must select uh, either a support, either a DPS, or a tank. And it will queue you in that role. And as the game begins and continues, you can only select those roles. It's a brilliant system because it allows um, it allows everyone to not make those uh, toxic swaps. Um, people, I saw people say that you know, okay, we can't you know do you know custom uh, builds anymore. So no three tanks, no three supports. That's true. So the variety will be decreased a little bit, but I think the games will be more exciting because. We're going to have um, more variety, not necessarily in comp build, but how those comps are utilized. Um, so I think skill, especially in the lower ranks, will be more um, – that's going to be more of a, a decisive uh, factor in, in victory. So my experience so far, I've played all 15 of my placement matches. So that's another big difference too is that you play 10 placement matches and you get a rank. Now you play five placement matches per role. And each and the one of the biggest changes actually is that you get role specific SR, which is a huge difference and a huge change because if I wanted to play DPS one day and I'm not good at DPS, you know, but I am good at support and tank and I'm a diamond, which is like mid to high, it's like middle ish rank, maybe approaching on high. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a great diamond support player. Maybe I want to play DPS one day, but I'm going to be in Diamond Games because that's my rank. And so it's going to be that much harder to even improve my DPS because I'm it, the bar for success is going to be just way too high, way out of my reach. Now I can just queue up for a DPS slot, get that game, and now it's like, okay, well, if I deserve to be a silver or a gold, my games will reflect that. And I might have a better chance to kind of even out um, the games and make them more uh accessible more tolerable for myself and my teammates so i think it was a great change 
Um, I personally love it. And I, I think this, this changes, I mean, generally it, it changes the way that, um, that Blizzard and, and really the players are going to approach competitive going forward. So yeah, I mean, and so we're going to have the next two weeks are going to be, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be almost, I guess, a few days in. So um, we'll have about a week and a half left, and they will cut the beta short. So it's a roll queue beta, and then we'll get the real season on September 1st. And that will be like a full two months, I guess, um, maybe three. And yeah, we'll be off off to the races. Um, so the SR right now does not matter. Whatever you gain, it will not super count. Um, but I, I have found that out of the 15 games that I've played, they have all been uh, better. They've been generally better than my regular games. So that's what do you what do you typically play? So I typically I'm a, I'm a flex, meaning that I can kind of just play around the roster um, if if need be. But if I, I find myself having to fill in um, mostly main tank, nobody wants to main tank. Even when I queue for tank, everybody wants to off tank. So like my other like the other tank I queue with always picks like Azaria or Roadhog or. Or Diva, or some something like that. They don't pick Reinhardt or Arissa or Sigma, um, which I think Sigma is a main tank. I'm, I could be wrong about that. Someone could maybe yell at me later, but um, I think he's main. Uh, but yeah, I find myself doing that a lot. Um, funny enough, my main tank ranked lower than my support, which I have not played a ton of lately. Um, I ranked like high gold and mid gold, high gold on tank mid gold on dps and then low plat on support so it was all kind of close together the algorithm seems kind of kind of borked right now because like they it seems to be based on your prior performance in prior seasons when blizzard was explicit about it not doing that um but i i queued up with a friend who it's pretty obvious that like she got the same rank that she pretty much got um throughout those previous seasons as well so it's a little disappointing i hope they iron that out by the time that this gets out of beta but who knows we'll see so question about um now that they're like roll queues what about when you're queuing up with your friends like is it something where you could roll queue like let's say i i wanted to go support you went tank and gabby went dps can we now then match up with other people that will fill in those other spots yeah, absolutely. So when you start the game, it will give you a prompt. It will actually say, hey, uh, some the group leader has initiated roll queue, and you have to hit the options button or start, and then you uh, accept the, that quote-unquote invitation. And then as you do, a prompt pops up that with all three rolls, and it will give you like two slots underneath each roll, and it will tell you uh, before you ready up that like, hey, which one do you want? And you can pick it as long as nobody else like in your group has selected it, then you're free to do it. And so the game will fill in those roles. So if you we we do the scenario that you just mentioned, the game's just gonna find us one person from each of those roles. Um, See, I I'm really happy about that. Like I feel like it will literally clear up that, you know, twenty seconds, thirty seconds of awkwardness before every match where you're like, hey, you know, what are you gonna play? Oh wait, I'll play this, and then like me, I'm also flex. So I sort of sit back and wait to see what other people are playing, and it gets really awkward when you queue into a game where everyone plays flex, 
And we're all sitting there like, uh, is no one going to pick a character? Oh, or... uh, who's going <laughs> to pick what? Yeah. 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 And then exactly. again, like two tanks and they don't even do one or like three heels. You're like, hey, bro, like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the, all that is is out of the window now. Now, you, you might still get – I've noticed this on tanks specifically. You might get like <laughs> a little uh, brief pause when the you're trying to figure out – if especially if you're not in a team chat, like – Trying to figure out, like, hey, uh, is this guy going to play off tank, main tank? What's going on here? So, uh, but like you said, I mean, you're cutting out like two of those other roles, having to even deal with that, and that's been so nice. I have not had in 15 games, I have only had one uh, person leave, and that was because I think they just straight up disconnected. I don't even think it was like a rage quit because we were winning. But um, that is incredible. I haven't been able to say that. I have maybe thousands of hours in this game, and I've not been able to say that for 15 games straight ever so the fact that that is a thing now is really making me happy um and it's easier to solo queue it i can solo queue now and not feel bad about like trying out a role that like i really want to try because i'm gonna be in a specific rank for it you know ostensibly yeah so uh, i do want to mention really quickly sigma he is really cool so far um Chris, you should try him because you might like him. I know generally you kind of go for tanks, right? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tank, um, tanks and support. Yeah, so you should definitely check him out because he has a shield. He's got a portable shield, actually. So he can push his shield out in front of him wherever he's looking and, and call it back for free. And meaning that there's no like cooldown on that, like recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so he now if you break the shield, it's got like 1,500 damage on it. So if you break it, there is a cooldown. But, like, you can uh, make the shield disappear and recall it at will, as long as it's not broken. And uh, he's got a gravity ult, so you can, like, lift players up and then slam them on the ground for damage. Um, He's got a knockdown uh, with a, like, small meteor-looking thing. Um, And he actually can suck damage in, kind of like D.Va's defense matrix. So he can eat a ton of ult. He can eat tracer ult. He can eat mei. Um... So, yeah, it's he's pretty brutal. And I would say most of my games, quick play or competitive, have had him in it. Um, so he is being played heavily right now. Um, yeah. I mean, the update sounds really nice. Like, I, def- I think my I booted up my PlayStation today and had a ton of updates at my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of them was Overwatch, and I think it finished. So I might get in a game or two once we get out of this. Yeah, you definitely should. And it's important to note, too, that this rollock will be... It's not in there now, but it will be for quick play September 1st. So, um, yeah, no more wacky-ass quick play games. Like, it's going to be straight... A quick play will literally be just practice comp now. Um, so, there's that. And that about wraps it up for me, guys. Uh, but that leaves you, Chris. What you been playing? Oh, boy. What have I been playing? Well... Before I get into the main the main course, um, I'm going to jump into No Man's Sky because they just put out an update uh, as of this recording today, um, and it's a pretty big one. It's they they've done a good job. I'll, I'll I'll give them this. They did a really good job of like when the game was released, and literally nothing that we were expecting in this game to be in the game was actually there. It was, right. it was really just a shell of a game. Um, they put out a couple of updates since then. So they added um, like a third person mode. They briefly added a, um, a, a sort of like a like a multiplayer light sort of kind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they 
uh, improved the UI, improved the economy of the game, um, added portals. Um, so like the, the, I feel like the core game has been improved and everything like that. And then of course with this new update, um, I'm trying to see they add. I mean they they added like a bunch of like a lot of updates. So is this the one, Chris? Is this the one to redeem No Man's Sky? All right, so I I'll say I've maybe played about two hours of you know jumping straight back into the game, and this is like jumping straight into it like brand new because I don't know why my save file didn't come back up, but it didn't. So I'm not too mad about that because I wanted to start fresh, but I feel like games like these, uh, yeah, it has to hook you in somehow at the very beginning because it's it's such an open game that the whole like you know getting getting stranded on a planet having to scavenge for um materials and then just that's that loop of just like looking for materials and then getting the materials so you can get off that planet and go to another one like i I still haven't really been like like sucked into this game yet mm. I mean has the core game really changed? Like what it is, everything that I'm reading, it's it's more or less like the um, I want to say end game, but when you're like you're like creating like extravagant bases, or if you're trying to get like bigger ships, like there's like freighters now. So like the end game is pretty big, but mm-hmm. like me like, leading up to that point, like I'll say that um, starting this game, like they 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 are doing a better job of sort of giving you, like, tutorials on, like, what to do and how to do it. But it's really dry. Like, and I, and I think it's it's unfair because I sort of... I've, I'm coming off of games that were more, like, action-oriented or, like, just hooked me in with a story. Uh, the last two games we're playing being uh, Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses and Spider-Man, Marvel mm-hmm. Spider-Man on PS4. Like, both of those games really, like, they, they it sinks its teeth into you. So... Jumping into something like this that's more open-ended, um, I feel like, of course, if I was, since this is multiplayer, if I was playing it multiplayer with someone, uh, this beginning, you know, the beginning of the game, like, this grind would be a little bit more fun, but mm-hmm. I, like, within an hour of sort of, like, redoing the stuff, like, I'm like, damn, like, am I having fun? And I, I hate asking myself that, because normally if I have to ask myself, if am I having fun, I'm not having fun. Right. But... Like I said, it's more or less because I'm really early into the game. I'm still like scavenging for like you know uh, really basic materials. Like if I'm like I'm on my second planet now, and the second planet has like these like crabs that keep fucking attacking me. So it's it's weird because I don't have like a weapon, so I have to punch these things to get away from them. Mm-hmm. But sounds like Minecraft in space. It it that's te- that's, that's basically what it yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it's basically my Minecraft in space. Like they gave they gave me like a gun now where I could like um I guess it's sort of like get like digging into the terrain. So like if I wanted to if I see like there's like a uh de- if I scan the area and I see there's like a deposit of silver that I want to get to, I could use this gun to sort of like dig into the earth and like go after that deposit. Nice. So I I think it's it's just really early for me to really like you know like have a definitive, about yeah. yeah because like just looking at the list of stuff that they added like they've added a bunch of like cars some vehicles um with the with this current update they said that you could technically make an arena where you could sort of play Rocket League 
in this game. Which, so, I mean, that's cool, but I don't know. I feel like those games were like, it's like playing an MMO where like you don't have fun until you get the end game. And like, I'm not a huge fan of stuff like that. Like, I want to be having fun in the beginning, not like I have to grind out. And then I'm like, okay, now you can have fun if you put this much time in it. Yeah, and I'm I'm the same way. Like if I if I don't get that like you know if if it, if it doesn't sink its teeth into me like within the first like hour or two, it's it's really hard for me to get back into it. Like I'll start looking at the next game that's coming out, or I'll go back to another game that I've wanted to play. So you know I'm gonna give this game its you know its chance. I'm gonna play a little bit more, especially now that I finished Fire Emblem. Um, granted, I I, I think I might have said this yeah, on the fin- show last finished, week, quote unquote finished. Yeah, I last week I was like, you know what? When I finish this game, I'm gonna put it down, and like a year from now, do my new game plus. I lied, guys. I'm sorry. I immediately, <laughs> I immediately jumped into my new game plus. But um, you know, No Man's Sky. I honestly, I think I picked this up because I wanted another reason to buy uh, a PlayStation VR again because I had to sell my my uh, first headset. Um, this game, they, with this new update, they added VR support. So I'm really excited about that. I might bite the bullet and, you know, pick up another headset just to just sort of see what that is, see what that's like, because it's the full game, full No Man's Sky in VR. So I feel like that aspect might be cool. You know, you, you let me know. I got a uh, version 2 PlayStation VR. We can set it up. It's okay. Going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been sitting on mine. It's been collecting dust. I've been finding a reason to bring it back out. Yo, we're we're gonna have to set that up because I I really want to see what this game's like in VR. Because my and we're gonna talk about it, you know, later in the show. But I like VR has like a special place in my heart. It really does. Like it, it's literally where I feel like gaming is gonna go. Besides like esports and how all that setting, but like when it comes down to like being put into a virtual world, like, VR is where it's at. There's nothing else like it. But, like I said, yeah. that's later. That's going to be yeah, later in the show. Let's talk about that. We're going to talk about that later. But, um, you know, my, my quick impression on No Man's Sky, it's, at least, be at the, you know, for the beginning of the game, it's more or less of the same. Um, so, take that how you want to. If you've played it before and you didn't like it, or if you played it and you really liked it because of, like, how it's basically Minecraft in space, um, go ahead and try out this update. It's a free update. They added a bunch of stuff, so definitely check it out. But the biggest thing that I've been playing has been Fire Emblem Three Houses, and man, like I feel like I do. You feel like a different man fifty hours later. Fifty hours later. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so yeah. So uh, coming out of the game, you know, the the talk was, uh, you know, this is an eighty hour game. Uh, I don't know about all that. Uh, I was able to complete mine in 50 hours. Granted, the last two, like, I'll say this, the last, like, two or three missions felt like, you know, like, actual difficulty, because I was playing on normal. I was, like, one-hitting people for most of the game. It really ramps up towards the end. But um, I I don't know. Like, without trying to get into spoilers, because that's the hardest part about talking about this game right now, is that I just, I don't know, I sort of feel bamboozled a little bit. Why? Can you say why without spoiling it? Um, without spoiling it. And I, I, and I feel like it's... Alright, so just to, just to build up what this game's sort of like. 
Um, if you didn't listen to us last week, Fire Emblem Three Houses, we called it last week. We called it, you know, Fire Emblem Harry Potter. You know, you have your three houses, uh, three uh, like three was- main stories, yeah. uh, and I I feel like the, the the path that I took, I found out that it's split into two paths. Oh, you did the Black Eagle one. Yeah, yeah. So I, knew, I do I, know about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I I didn't know that. You know, I I did a really good job of going into this game blind. So, um, I did Black Eagle, and I sort of like made decisions, sort of thinking, you know, hey, like what's what's the worst that could happen? Like, you know, we're we're a tight knit tight tight knit group. Like everyone's cool. You know, we're just trying to save the world type of thing, and it sort of just turns his head a little bit. So. Um, you know, just leaving it at that, uh, like the game is cool. It's just that I feel like with the path that I took, I'm not really sure if I took the right path. Like I was, I was, did you make us us a different save? Oh, I I have like five save files in this game. so. So you have one set before you make whatever decision you make to split the path. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I feel like by the time I got to the end of the game, especially towards like the real tail end of it, the writing sort of felt a little off. Like it didn't really feel like this was the intended route. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like and like and, like leading into it, it sort of felt like I was you know making a sound decision, but especially towards the end of the game where certain things happened, I'm like, I'm literally like I'm sitting here saying what the fuck is happening, and then a character literally says the same thing. They're like, <laughs> he, literally, he literally says, "What the fuck is happening?" Wow. <laughs> Nintendo. But they're like, yo, what's happening right now? Why are we doing this? And I'm like, right? Why are we doing this? What's happening right now? So, oh, man. Um, I'm I'm dying to know, like, why this has has you shook so bad. You know, yeah, like, for real, like, after the main, like, the final boss, like, because that took, like, I think it took me, like, a good hour and a half, two hours. No, hour and a half. Yeah, it took me about a good hour and a half because I had one like game plan of how I was gonna do this mission, but then like it all fell apart halfway through. And like luckily this game gives you an option of like turning back some turns, you know, rewinding time. So, you know, I you know, rewinded time a couple times. I I was like, all right, I don't want this person dying, I don't want this person dying, and then that turned into all right, it's okay if this person dies. Because then now I could do this amount of damage on this person. And then that turned into, holy shit, everyone's dead. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, ev- yeah, so eventually I was like, you know what? Let me just rewind all the way back to the beginning of the uh, mission. And I had to do that maybe like three times to sort of like change my game plan. Like it was a, it was, it was literally the first time in the game that I had to, well, I want to say the first time, second time in the game where I had to really, like, come up with a game plan and, like, think ahead type of thing. Like, play chess, pretty much. So, I have, I have so many questions. All right, so one <laughs> of the questions I have is, does it, does the game feel like... Okay, so my experience right now, <clears throat> I'm on, specifically, I'm on Chapter 7 of of the game. I guess it's, like, maybe... I don't know where it is in the main narrative. I thought that was halfway. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but it feels like the house that I chose, Golden Deer, it doesn't really – I don't feel like I'm on the Golden Deer path. I just feel like I'm on the path the game has wanted me to – that like just they want all their players to experience regardless of which house they choose. 
and like I, it's just like a self insert, uh, like in the story. Does that make sense? Like, okay, so it, it, like so, if I'm uh, Black Eagles, like it, I feel like nothing will be different. Okay, so now that I'm in my second playthrough, uh-huh. I I can say that that as first the first half of the game, it's sort of like that, sort of like what you said, but you're really using that time to uh, learn all the characters in your house. Like, learn, uh, like, you know, figure out who's who, figure out the likes, the dislikes. This game does a really good job of creating a world and, like, having backstory and, like, everyone has, like, a story and they, they're, they act, they're acting away because of something. So you have characters like, you know, Bernadetta and Black Eagles who's, like, a recluse. Like, she's always, she's, like, the, the skittish, like, you know, anime character that, that's, like, always running away and, like, super shy. There's a reason why she's like that. And when you start doing her um, support uh, dialogues, like, when you start getting to know her, and she's, you know, you start opening, she starts opening up to you, you, you really find out why she's, you know, the way she is. That's with all the characters. I feel like that's, that's the time in the game where you're really learning the backstory for these characters. And then once the time skip happens, that's when all hell breaks loose. So that's when, like, I felt like that back half of the game, I wasn't really, you know, doing more things to, like, learn the characters. The characters sort of knew each other already. It was more or less, at that point, they're um, really settling into who they are, who they're going to be, and what they're going to do to, you know, save the world, pretty much. So does it does the that post time skip stuff does it feel any more um specific to that house? And by that I mean like, you know, it does it feel like there's no way that if I were playing Golden Deer House I would be experiencing this content right here. Hell yeah, listen. When I say I was shook, my man, I was shook. This I I feel like this time skip thing, like there's a couple of moments where leading up to it I was like, "Oh, this is when this time skip thing is totally going to happen. So they sort of like, you know, uh, put you on that path and it doesn't happen. But once it does, you're, the house that you're in sort of sh- like it's your perspective of that part of the war pretty much. So with, okay. with what I went through and with that being a split path, like with me, you know, playing as the Black Eagles, I now have to play as a black eagles again to make that other decision to see how the other half really played okay interesting okay yeah i mean it's it's cool because like i don't know anything i said this last week but i don't know anything that happens you know in the time skip i don't know how much time it is i don't know exactly what happens like you i mean you mentioned a war i didn't even know that now i don't consider that a spoiler so you're good but um i mean i would assume at some point this <laughs> the game about war uh, actual war would occur but i mean you know like it, i i have no idea so all this content is going to be fresh for me so i'm really excited about that i'm stoked but like i just want to know what exactly um like i, I want to make sure that the story i'm going to experience is going to be unique and that the d- decisions and choices i've made will actually matter yeah i mean the like i said the back half of the game is definitely going to be veered towards the house that you chose and your perspective of it. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll you'll definitely have a perspective of a story that I'm, I, I wouldn't have because the perspective, I, the perspective I've had is completely different. Mm. Okay. So, so it's going to be like all three I – mean, maybe this is 
I don't even know if you'll know the answer to this, but like, is it a situation where um, this there's one consistent timeline that you'll just see from three different perspectives, or or is it like you know um, certain events will be influenced um, and it's pre- so, specific to that route? So does that make that, sense? Yeah, it makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because when I when I finish the game, certain things happen, and I'm like, holy shit. I wonder if when you're playing as another house, if that changes, it, it doesn't, unfortunately, but I feel like this is still, there's there's still enough, like there's still like, there's still a constant, like you were saying, where like certain things happen and like, that's just going to happen in all three of the stories. But like I said, it's, this game is all about perspective and like who your character has, you know, surrounding them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right and now, think, this game... and, and, and now that I'm thinking about, it, I think that's the key is like mm-hmm. who 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 you want Byleth to like be surrounded by, and like that's that's the most I can say without really getting too heavy into it. Okay, yeah, I'm. But it's but it's good stuff. Like I, I I you know I definitely enjoyed my time. Um, I definitely want to like once again shout out the voice work in this game. Uh, we said this last week, but um. Every time you go explore the monastery, you'll, you know, have the students walking around. You'll have, like, you'll have staff members who are all fully voiced. So, shout, shout out to the gatekeeper in front of the castle. <laughs> Nothing every, to report. Listen, every <laughs> every time he, you know, I don't know. I feel like he, he was one of, like, the most important characters that wasn't an important character. Like, I always went and talked to him because he always had something to say. I don't I really enjoyed the one time there was actually something of note happening. And he was like, you know what? Today I do have something to report. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, thank God. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. The voice work is continues to impress me. Like not because it's, you know, the best voice work ever. I mean, it's great. It's, it's really good, but I'm just impressed that there's so much of it. Like I I would love to see the script, like for this thing it's got to be like hundreds like just, upon hundreds just of hearing hearing characters like bicker about each other um yeah. i had one of the professors talk about the um another professor uh i think it was, it was hanneman was talking about manuela he's like i just saw manuela in the dining hall she dropped her sandwich and picked it up and started eating it and then looked at me and said yo three second rule yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that that was legitimately funny this game is actually hilarious sometimes um and subtly so i would say yeah so you have moments like that but then you have other moments mm-hmm. like you know there's there's a uh i can't i think it was like one of the missions that you get like earlier on in the game um where you have to like save a village or something so in in typical like gaming fashion, you know, you save the village, but you know, of course they're like casualties or whatever. In most games, you think nothing of it, right? Mm-hmm. So in this game, like I said, like when I go to the monastery, I literally talk to everybody and I see this little like character, I see this little boy in the in the mess hall and like he's like audibly like sniffling while I'm walking up to him and I was like, "Oh, what's what's this about?" And I talk to him and he's like Yo, like, why couldn't you guys be quicker in saving the village? Now I'm all by myself. Mm, damn, that cut deep. By so, the... <laughs> so not only this game, this game is like the writing is you know it's funny and it's light, but this game yeah. is also really dark. Yeah, I mean, as it should. It's Fire Emblem. Like, you know, people are dying and it's war and it's like it's not a good time. I mean, literally, the opening moments of this game, you know, in the first couple of chapters, like. It, 
the church is literally going out and killing people who are quote unquote sinning and quote unquote sinning is very nondescript. Like they don't talk about like specifically what they're doing. They're just like, Hey, don't point your blades at the church. We'll fuck you up. And it's like, uh, okay, that sounds not great. So, I mean, when you're dealing with those sort of concepts, I'm really hoping like later on in the game, it, it really delves into that. Cause I feel like we're sort of skimming the surface and I want this, game to like just uh, tackle that head first um but i i love that that's where we're at with this series like i don't know if it's always been like that i haven't i've only played a few of these games but see but i, I feel like the path that i chose like i said i sort of feel like i chose like the i want to say like the bad ending oh, but yeah. um i don't know like i feel like if i when i go back and replay it and make the different ending i feel like i'll it'll be more satisfying Okay, fair enough. I'm hype. I'm I'm actually hype. I I slowed down on it a little this week. I I still played, but I slowed down because uh, of all the other stuff I was playing this week. So I'm gonna probably hop back into that and and grind my way hopefully to the time skip. But yeah, definitely. If you have a switch, you know, once again, you like strategy games. You like anything that we've said. You know, like if you anything we said this episode or last episode. You know, if you like uh, anything like Persona, because I feel like the the writing of this game. Like it, I, I, at the end of the game, I really cared about like my the students in my house, mm-hmm. and like granted, you could go out and you could recruit other um, other characters in other houses, but when it comes down to like cutscenes and like how you sort of interact on a day to day with your main cast, like it, I don't know. I feel like yeah, you could recruit other people, but I at the end of the day, since I saw all of my characters in the cutscenes, I more so used them. Than those extra characters I recruited, but dang, they just they did, they did a really good job of just the writing of the characters. Like I, I liked it. Nice, nice. I'm about to do my first paralog mission, so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Those those paralog missions are actually pretty good. I actually was uh, just real quick before we move on. Um, I was thinking. I don't know if this is a good strategy, but I was thinking of um, just bonding with all the people like in my house like all the default people and maybe just like on a subsequent playthroughs like dealing with my like doing it that way so just dealing with the golden deer people and then doing a playthrough of blue lion because i I don't want to like spread myself too thin and not be able to like max out a support conversation Mm -hmm. um so do i mean do i need to get all the support stuff done before time skip you have to get all of the recruiting done before time skip Okay, but, but I can do other stuff post. Yeah, interesting. That's interesting. And then, and then when it comes down to their S rank, you you really don't you towards the end of the game, you sort of choose who you want to do the S rank with, and then that's like a post game, like a post credit thing. Who did you choose? Don't lie. Oh, I chose Petra. That's my girl, right? There. I knew it. I, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. She is. She is like I don't. She's I precious. You gotta. She. I, she's listen. She's. She's one of the only. Uh, you know, girls in the Black Eagles that she. She wasn't like actively trying to like fuck everybody. I, I don't. Oof, know. I feel like you have strong feelings there. I heard that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this could get dangerous. We should probably move on. <laughs> I'm just. I'm saying she's the only one that had her head on straight. Well. It, you know, <laughs> I can look, hear the hey, look, 
uh, women women can be free with their sexuality. You know, we don't do that here. You know, uh, she. <sighs> okay, what, all right. Are, are we done? Are we done with this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, so, Chris. <laughs> so, in other news, ninja, ninjas. Oh, good segue. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ninja's old sh- streaming channel on Twitch. Uh, oh, let me let me let's jump into this correctly though. But um, that that was what you've been playing, guys. Um, if you have things that you guys have talk- been playing, you want to talk about it in the comments, definitely leave a comment, leave a like, share it, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and let's continue the conversation there. And I, and hopefully, I don't get attacked for making that comment about Petra. So um, next up. We have the news this week. Really simple stuff this week. Um, really straight on the butt, or straight on the nose. Uh, we're gonna start off with Ninja uh, continuing our story from last week. We all know that he left Twitch to leave and go to Mixer. Um, and I, I'm not. I think we did talk about uh, what Ninja's page was like afterwards. So pretty much since he left, like he has no control over his page anymore. Um, so Twitch, they took the page and turned it into a recommended streamers page. Um, So, you know, for some people that sounds like, oh, cool, they're trying to highlight other people. For other people are sort of seeing Ninja's side where it's like, hey, like, you know, they're sort of like using his brand for other stuff. Like, I I see, see both sides, but... Where they messed up at this past week was, um, for some reason, whatever algorithm they're using for the recommended streamers, uh, there was a streamer who was streaming porn on their channel, and it was on Ninja's page. So, uh, as we all know, Ninja, his, I want to say for the most part, his demographic is little kids. Little kids, teenagers. I'm pretty sure that's stuff that parents don't want their kids seeing. So, that's, you know, something that you know, tarnishes Ninja's brand. He was pissed. Uh, Twitch eventually took the page down and uh, pretty much reverted it back to what it was before, what it should like, what it should look like when um, streamers aren't on. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that uh, Twitch, they sort of dropped the ball? Should they have been like doing this whole recommended streamer thing? What do you guys feel? Oh, that's such a slip. Yeah. I get it. It's their brand. It's their platform. And I'm pretty sure they're salty that he took that deal to Mixer. But I just feel advertising off of his back is really like, that's a no-no zone. Like, just, he put in all that work and everything like that to go leave to be like, you know what, we're still going to gain off of you as much as you did for us. Like, and if it was like one of those things, it was like a, hey, no love loss or communication thing. Like, this is what we're going to do. And if he had some say-so in what they were going to recommend off of, that would make sense, you know, people that he's, you know, since it is his channel, he should have some say-so on what's going on, but them just willy-nilly throwing some stuff out there, I think is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty much, pretty much there with you, I think. Um, I mean, they, they they come off not great here. Like, Twitch, they do not come off great. Um, they are a lover spurned, and it is... I'm very curious how this like proceeds from here um like what they will do in the meantime i'm sure that void is going to get filled um at some point like someone will probably take his place maybe a couple people um i mean streaming is is such a wild west right now like in terms of like 
getting out there and, and what they can do, what they're capable of. Um, I mean, Chris, we were just talking the other day about um, how, you know, I think you told me, I think we were talking about Ninja off off stream, I guess. Um, and you were saying, I was just saying he was a streamer and you were saying, well, well, no, he's not like just that. He's like this and that and he does these other things like i don't know i only know him from streaming and i don't even watch his streams i just know that he does that um and so you know there's going to be all these different avenues that people are going to use um to get popular uh, to get quote-unquote famous and um you know i don't think there's just one ninja i think there will be tons and tons of other people um who who do that i think twist just needs to be patient chill and not do this (laughs) Yeah, I think they're they're trying to you know uh, have to you know lightning strike twice, but yeah. you you can't do that. It's just gotta you gotta not let it be bat. natural. Yeah, not off the bat. I don't. I I disagree with that. I don't think there's gonna be another ninja. I think ninja mm-hmm. brought a whole new tenacity that we're never gonna see again. Are we like if there's gonna be a void that's gonna be filled up that ninja mm-hmm. leaves? It's not gonna be one person. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be like a three or four people who are gonna be like holding that spot because yeah. ninja. Ninja was he like the best way to say he's what made streaming look like a viable option. He is the OG. He's your godfather. He is the man of streaming. And just with him leaving the mixer and how many people he brought over the mixer just off of his brand alone. I just don't think they're going to replace him. There is going to be some that fills in the gap, but it's going to be like trying to change like jamming a puzzle piece where it doesn't fit. Like it's going to you can get it in there, but it's never going to be the same. Is he the OG? Like, and I'm that's me seriously asking because I don't know and I don't follow streamers too much. Um, I ju- I do know he got super popular with that Drake stream. Like, that's when his name blew up. I say OG as in he's the biggest and best one to get done. But if we want to talk about OG streaming, that's Soldier Boy. He was doing that way back when. Very true. Yeah, that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, that's deep cut. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> My man was out here streaming. Like Soldier Boy is the one who kind of started all that stuff. We're gonna go back that far back, but the man who ran with it and turned it into his own is Ninja. He's he's the one that that was able to show like how profitable you could come off of it. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah, like you said, he's the one that um, when it comes down to making it look like a career path. Like he, you know, he's he's been streaming for about for eight years. So he has some, he had something going, and has something going that will continue to grow. So it's 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 hard to have someone like that come up out of nowhere. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a right time, right place thing. You know, I definitely do agree with you, Gabby. About I don't know if it's gonna be just one person. I, you know, it's probably gonna be several people. If I had to take a guess. Um, you know, it's probably going to be a different game, a new game that's going to take the world by storm like Fortnite did. Um, you know, and, you know, Ninja, whenever he's not streaming Fortnite, there have been stats coming out, you know, for a while now that say, you know, whenever he's not playing that game, his numbers significantly dip. So I wonder what he'll start off with Mixer, um, on. And we were talking. I was going to say Gears. Well, yeah, I think that's, it, that's perfect. I mean, Microsoft did this at the perfect time. We said this last week. Like, the the Mixer deal, I think, was much more – just as much of a move on Microsoft's part than it was on Ninja's. Like, I, I think Microsoft benefits off this heavily. You know, their streaming service, their games, that their platform that they get to utilize, like, their console platform, their initiative, Play Anywhere. Like, they're going to get to advertise so much stuff and do so many partnerships with him, I think. Like, it's going to be – 
ridiculous. Um, so yeah, he's going to have tons of these world exclusives and maybe get to play Gears 5 like two weeks early. You know, hey, come watch the stream for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, no, he said he ain't hungry no more. I'm sure they gave him a good offer to leave. Yeah. Especially going on to a brand new platform that really didn't have anything going on. Like, Mixer is pretty quiet for the number one Twitch guy. It's like the it's like the Verizon guy going to Sprint, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. was Twitch, and now he's over on Mixer. So it was, a, it was a big move on their end, but I think they brought the right person. Yeah. All right, so um, next up, we have NBA 2K. Uh, they made big news uh, this past week. Uh, they actually they're bringing in WNBA players to 2K, so you'd be able to, uh, I guess, I guess there's, uh, there's I'm not sure if it's just playable teams or you if you're doing the uh, the my my player my career with them. But the I think the 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 second half of the story is the sad part of it. But um, with them announcing the WNBA players, uh, the community is sort of like pushed back really hard. So there's a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, why are there females in an NBA game? Uh, there are people making jokes about um, instead of it being called my career, it's going to be called my kitchen. It's just oh, like God. really, Jesus just really Christ. dumb stuff that I'm, I'm not surprised hearing, but it shouldn't, like, why... I, I, I don't get why, you know, this part of the community is, like, so so vocal, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. They're upset. They're stupid. Let's start with that. Like, I mean, they're, they don't know. They, they, they're threatened. They feel threatened, you know? Like, I, this harms nobody. Literally nobody. This helps people. Um, I think this is long overdue. People have been asking for this for years we're finally getting it. Um, you know, just recently from, I want to say a few weeks ago, um, PES, it was either the PES series or the, or FIFA. They were very vocal in public about having no plans to include female players. Uh, when asked, when pressed about this, you know, they don't ever give an answer. They're just like, nope, just not doing it. Um, and why not? doesn't make any sense. And this is a great move. I mean, no one is hurt, <laughs> you know. Um, these kind of things need to stop. They aren't. They don't, don't seem like they ever will, sadly. Uh, but I mean, that just makes it more important to speak up when things like this happen and uh, and and call it out. Yeah. So I mean, I I say on two K, it's it's definitely a step in the right direction of uh, having the inclusion, and we we're all for the inclusion. We always talk about it on the show, so. Um, hope, I mean, hopefully we, you know, we see positive come out of this. Like I know that with the NBA 2K League, um, last season they recruited like a, a female player, so that was big. So, you know, more representation. That's all we're asking for. That's that's starts. that exactly. That's where it. That's where it starts, right? Like I, that's how we get the change. Is we get the representation in our media, um, and and bigger things can happen. It's not the only way things can happen, but it's a part of it. It's a part of the change. Yeah, it's you know? all about little baby steps. Big little steps lead into big steps. Exactly. You know. All right, and last up this week, um, this sort of turned up last week, but we didn't have a chance to cover it, but. It sort of looks like Death Stranding isn't going to be an exclusive anymore. Um, you know, 
internet sleuths they found on PlayStation's like official list of exclusive games. Uh, they found out that Death Stranding was taken off of that list. So yeah. let my Lord and Savior Kojima speak to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally okay with it. I love it. And you know, and I'm in the same boat too. So. I, like, you know, you'll have that side of the internet that's, like, up in arms, like, they're mad. And I'm like, why? Why, though? Like, wouldn't you want this game to reach more people so it could be more successful, so that we could see more games come out of Kojima's new company? No, like, Chris. We need to be validated by our plastic $400 purchase. <laughs> no. I'm telling, like, the Crusades and, like, missionary work. Let my man speak the good word to everybody. I'm a huge Kojima fan, so anything that he can get more vis- uh, vis- uh, visibility for and everything, I am all for it. I got a fox hand tattoo on the back of my leg. Like, uh, Kojima is my lord and savior. So I'm all for it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, this, it's ridiculous that people don't love this or like this or want other people to experience things in life like come on man come on this is the second story in a row where people are mad that other people get to experience things like it's 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 insane to me um you look most likely this is going to be if it makes people fanboys feel any better it's probably not gonna be on xbox and definitely not gonna be on the switch so it'll probably be on pc um so which i think is even great yeah even better um you know i Steam, Epic Game Store, that's the next question, right? Like, we don't know where it's showing up. Is is Epic going to pull a fast one, try to get some exclusivity going on? The petty side of me is like, yo, I hope they do. I knew it. I fucking knew it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, that's only because... No, no that's, that's a conversation for another day. But um, I'm hoping that it's not only just PC. I'm hoping that it's, it's going to be put on Xbox. And I, and I think it will. I think it might be like a, a timed exclusive. I on, hope so. I think that'd be yeah. great. A timed um, exclusive makes more sense. Yeah. 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 So uh, that, that'd be fantastic. I mean, Phil Spencer might be working that magic, you know? And I mean, like you guys said it earlier, Kojima gets more opportunity, more revenue uh, to, to make his next project. You know, I think – I genuinely think that Death Stranding is just a, a test for him. I think it's going to be cool. You know, that baby ain't going to feed, feed itself. You know, um, yeah. so it needs all the money it can get. But, um, you know, he I think this is going to be his little pet project that he's making with this new tech that he's really excited about. And I think the next thing he does is going to be his like his real his real uh, Metal Gear successor. And I don't even mean that exactly. like in a spiritual way, but just in like, a hey, man, I've been wanting to make this game for years and I'm finally free of the shackles of Konami. Um, yeah, cause they they tied his hands for a hot minute, and that's the worst part about it is that I hated it, is that he made this such a beautiful, long, basically an opera, just saga of just this, these games of Metal Gear, and then you give him another one that he didn't want to do in the first place, and then you tie his hands around it, and you don't let it make it his. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Phantom Pain as a game, but was it a Metal Gear Solid game? Never in my eyes. Mm, okay, that was actually going to be my question to you. Is is well, two. It was going to be twofold, which was, uh, did you like Metal Gear Five, and what was your favorite Metal Gear? Uh, my favorite Metal Gear. Asking me to like to pick a favorite child. <laughs> oh man, that's hard. So probably the one I had the most fun playing is three Snake Eater. I had the I can play through Snake Eater. I might actually do that later tonight. 
I'll play through Snake Eater all day, every day. I can literally beat the game and then turn it right back on and beat it again in the same way. I love Snake Eater. But if we're talking about story-wise and everything, you can't beat Guns of the Patriots. It just put a beautiful bow and answered so many questions that have been lingering for literally like almost a decade plus of questions of things I wanted answered. And like it just put it all together and like... Put a nice thing to leave, like nice like neat bow on it. Some of it was a little convoluted, but it was like a beautiful in like Kojima's way. So if I, heck, I can't pick one. Like gameplay wise, it's gonna be three, but for story and everything, is absolutely four. Okay. okay. And then five, I very, I very much enjoyed five as a game that had Metal Gear Solid characters in it. I would not call it a Metal Gear game by any means. Let's. But I enjoyed it. It put a little bit of a... I mean, it definitely had some story elements to it that tied some stuff up too, but I don't know. I just... They tied his hands with it, and I know how much it hurt him for that game to get released, so I can't I can't go against my, my mans. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, cool. Cool. I, just, I was just curious. Yeah, have you guys actually... The side note, have you guys actually played uh, Metagear Survive? The zombie one? No, no. I've seen some footage of it, but I've not played it. It's actually, yet again, another one I could say this, if you completely throw out the fact that it has a, it's a, a Metal Gear game and just look at it if it's a core game, it's actually a pretty fun zombie game. Huh. I played it for a very long time, and I, ha- I very much enjoyed it. And as a giant Kojima fanboy, I know a lot of people are like, this is a Metal Gear game, but a purely gameplay standpoint, I had a lot of fun. No, it's funny, that's really good to hear, because I'm trying to remember who I was, I was talking to somebody in like the past like month, and... The topic of like Metal Gear, Metal Gear games came up, and for some reason, we uh, Rising came up, and I was like, "Yo, Rising was a great game. Yeah, like any, 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 anything that Platinum like puts their hands on, like I'll yep. be automatically on it." Yep. But you know the the I think the thing with the uh, Metal Gear fandom is that um, people felt that since it wasn't you know made by Kojima, that it wasn't a Metal Gear game, so they sort of like you know threw it under the bus, didn't care about it. But the game itself is a really good game. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I, it's one of those things you got to learn how to separate. And it's, and it's like I said, this is my favorite game series in the world. I treat it like gold. But you got to learn to separate gameplay from story, one thousand percent. Because if that's the case, you're going to be disappointed with a lot of games that had a great story and terrible gameplay, and great gameplay and terrible story. You got to learn to put two in two different categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. So, with that, that's going to be the news for the week. Um, if you want to hear us talk about certain topics, definitely email us at shouldiplaythatfanmail.gmail.com, and we'll get to you or read it on air, answer your questions. And um, like we said last week, we're still waiting for people to do it so we could give out this, these gift cards. So, um, with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our main topic of the evening, or the day, or the morning, or whenever you're listening to this. And let's go ahead and talk about VR. We sort of talked about it a little earlier in the show, but we sort of want to jump in, do a little deep dive on like the the state of VR right now, how we feel about it, and what's to come in the future with VR. So, um, me and Gabby, we you know we had a quick conversation about it the other night about just like how we feel about VR and you know what it is, what it means to us. So, Gabby, I'll sort of, like, lead, uh, open the floor to you. Like, what do you feel about VR? And if you had to, like, sell it to someone, 
VR how... is the next bastion. You just like people like the you know space is the final frontier. VR is the final <laughs> frontier. Like because I feel like because everybody's starting to say VR is not viable. People are starting to lean towards AR with the augmented reality, so you can like see stuff and. It has its place, don't get me wrong, but I think VR is what's going to take people farther and beyond. And just with the state of, and I just even applications outside of video games and other stuff like that, like I can see it being applicable in like movies and stuff like that. Like I can see it going into more like an entertainment medium. Not more or less you're running around doing stuff, but just being fully 100% like an IMAX, like being immersed Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. an entire universe. And I feel like that is, and that's, you know, obviously a long, long ways off, but I feel like that's the trajectory we're going to. And now just seeing what the VR work now that they have going on, uh, Steam has this new controller called the Knuckle. And it's, instead of, you know, how you're usually gripping to, like, you're gripping to, like, uh, like move controllers and stuff like that, and you're holding on to stuff, and you like, usually, like, gripping on the controller, it tightens up to your knuckles. And so each one of your fingers is pressure points too. So you can individually wrap fingers on stuff. You can put apply pressure to it, and you know, one if you're trying to slide something down, you can apply pressure on like the bottom end, uh, the top end, and let it go and let it slide through your fingers and re-grab it. Like you're getting so much more immersed in the stuff now, and the technology is getting better and better and better. Like I just see it, and even now, even uh, hold on, how local do people know? We're, like locally where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah, okay. Are. All right. Cool. All right. Let me not. I don't want to start giving away people's addresses and stuff. <laughs> um, but because um, down in McDonough in the Sky Zone over there, they have a full VR setup in there, and like this is a kids jumping playground, like laser tag, you know, dodgeball stuff like that. They have a full VR uh, setup in there, and it's like the full headset with the full Oculus, but you have the omnidirectional running pad as well. Oh. And shit. like. That is a $30 attraction at, like, a down, like, at a, you know, a kid's sky zone. Like, it's accessible. People want to see it, and I feel like it's starting to weasel its way and stuff like that. It may be very gimmicky now, but I feel like it's going to start going into people's homes a lot more. You're going to start being able to go out and see it a lot more. I I think it's the final frontier. It's going to be the escapism people need. I was going to say that um, I know that I've been, see, I think I went to main event and uh in Cobb and they have like a um a setup for the the rabbits game where like you're inside of like this little like sort of looks like a like a car or whatever and like you put on the oculus headset and like you're sort of moving around in the environment and everything so Mm. like they're they're making like you said like these attractions and places like this and um sort of rewinding back to i think a couple episodes ago where we're talking about sort of like if you're uh, like just going out and like finding things in your city that have like cool things, uh, speaking about VR, there's uh, in Atlanta, there's some VR bars. So you have Revelry VR where they have like a bunch of like booths set up. If you wanted to play VR, you could just go in, uh, play, you know, pay however amount of money for however amount of time and, and play VR. And, like, you have your own private booth, so if you have a couple of friends, you all can take turns, and you'll have, like, a TV up there, and you can sort of see what they're doing. But, yeah, it's like, you know, I agree. I, I agree that VR is definitely, like, the way of the future. Um, I, like, my best memory of VR is playing Resident Evil, uh, what was that, 7? Yeah, Resident mm-hmm. Evil 7, all the way through in VR. 
Like, I feel like, and, like, I've gone back and, like, tried to play the game, like, regular, and I can't do that. Hmm. Like, just the just the immersion of being in that game yeah. completely changed it for me. And, I mean, so that is a rare instance, I think, because that game was made from the ground up. It's a fully-fledged game, one of the full, like, like one of the very few fully-fledged games made for that experience. You can play it without it. But it was intended from beginning to end to be experienced in VR. There aren't a lot of titles like that right now. So that's kind of where I'm at with VR. Like, I love the technology. I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said so far. Um, I think it is going to be... Um, if it's not the final frontier, it will be a part of it in some capacity. Like, I think it's going to be where ultimately uh, entertainment will go, like, to the mass market. Um, it's not quite there yet but it's getting there um and as if we want to talk specifically about gaming um i think the example you just gave is is a great one um my perspective on vr was that it was a very cool gimmick until i played super hot that changed my perspective on it um that made me think it was more than just a, a five second demo reel like it was like um, it's something that could be built out into a, a substantial experience. And how do you build these games out too? Is I, I think a, a question a lot of people should, uh, specifically developers, should ask themselves: um, Are we going to build you know fifteen, twenty hour experiences eventually? I mean, you would think logically that's where it will go. Um, how does that work in VR? I don't think we have a lot of those games yet. I think Resident Evil seven uh kind of approaches that point um and i think it does it extremely well um i've played just a little bit of it i haven't played the full thing but what i've played from it does seem to do a very good job of of um visualizing what that could be in the future um i think this generation has been a test a good test um, but i don't think it's been quite there yet i have a playstation 4 obviously like Getting a PlayStation a PSVR has been very tempting, specifically because I just want to play Super Hot. So it's like, <laughs> I, do I want to spend two hundred dollars just to play Super Hot? Yes. Should I? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. But um, not to say that there aren't ex- other good experiences on there. Um, but I think next gen is really when we're going to see that, especially with the con- the home consoles. You can get a number of decent experiences, I think, on the PC, depending on how powerful it is, but with the new generation around the corner, um, these console makers are specifically Sony because they've just been out there talking about it. Um, they've talked about how well PSVR has done for them. So with the next generation, they'll definitely be making that hardware that will be that will be utilizing um, the tech that I really want it to. Because I have a base PS4, so PSVR for me won't really be properly used until like I got a pro. And at this point, we're so close, I might as well just wait for PS5. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what that future holds and how the developers answer some of those questions, like some of those development questions, um, because I want to know. I, I want to know how, what, what those full experiences look like. Um, yeah, no, because right now, because you don't have any big box backing for the most part for VR, like Oculus and everything like that. You have like the you know Steam a little bit behind and stuff like that, but you have zero like 
big money behind it. So a lot of this stuff is just guys who thought VR is the next thing and they have a passion for it. Once you get to that next gen, when you actually there's a market for them, they can see that they can make money for it. When you start putting those billions and billions of dollars behind it, we're going to start seeing some really crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are – is there a particular – genre of game or maybe an idea that you would like to see fully realized in vr i actually 100 percent. i like shooters obviously are always fun and you know super hot was like you said that was a perfect example super hot was fun to play through also the reason why i bought a playstation vr was for that game mm-hmm. and so i justified my purchase with that too but <laughs> yeah um I loved it too, and I mean that's fun and all, but I really like puzzle games, and I would love to see more of like a horror puzzle game and more like that's what I want to see. I want a full like. I remember I forget the name of the game. It was a long time ago, but it was with the Connect, and the Connect had a horror game, and I can't remember the name of it now. But I felt like if I could have this in a VR experience, that was amazing. Because, like, you had to jump, you had to move left, you had to move right, and you're going through like a haunted house and everything like that, and that's what excites me. Like, I'm not, I like being scared, mm-hmm. so, and this is a whole new revelation. You had asked me this question, like, two years ago, and I'd have been like, I don't really like shooting. I hate scary stuff. But, <laughs> like, that's what I really want to see. I want to see, like, more in-depth puzzle and more horror, more than anything else. Okay. Have you I, tried uh, Tetris Effect? I have not tried Tetris Effect. Yeah, that is, uh, that and Res. Res is not really either of those games that you mentioned, like a shooter mm-hmm. or, or uh, horror or puzzle, but... Um, it gives you a similar um, feeling, and it has a similar aesthetic that Tetris Effect does. I would recommend those two games for your VR experience, especially if you're, like, a huge VR fan. Yeah, and you know what's also had a lot of fun? Uh, like, Escape the Room kind of stuff in VR has also been really fun. They're very simple concepts, okay. but it's like, I don't know, I like Escape the Room. I like the time limit and, like, the pressure of, like, looking and finding stuff and everything like that, so... Mm. That's another thing I really enjoy. I just feel like all the experiences that I like as games now, like I feel like would be just even better and more enhanced if I could be like fully immersed in it. Yeah. See, so, yeah, another experience I had that I really enjoyed was uh, Skyrim in VR. Um, playing Skyrim, like actually like playing it th- all the way through because it was I've played I've pumped hundreds of hours into Skyrim on multiple consoles. I've you know played it PS was it a PS3, I played it on 360, and then once they ported it over to PlayStation 4, then I had it played on the PC. Like I've I played Skyrim, but I've never <laughs> like I've never finished like the campaign, like the main campaign. Like I'd always like get far enough, and they're like, you know what? Hey, I want to create you know like a like a mage character, or a mage build, or an assassin build, or something like that. I would never like stick it through all the way through. And playing through on a VR, I was like, you know what? I'm actually gonna make it through the whole campaign, do, you know, the DLCs, because it comes with the DLCs. And, like, once again, another, like, full-fledged game that wasn't, like, you know, wasn't made for VR, but they found a way to, like, get VR, make the game, you know, feel like it was made for for VR. And that's what I want. I want more, like, adventure games, like, open-world games, Mm -hmm. which I know we won't get too many of now because of how, like, taxing the game was. Um, I know on the PS4, like the quality was like it's 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 pretty low. Like it's you know, um, like sub PS3 graphics type of stuff. But uh, you know, with the PS5 around the corner, um, with what they're doing on the PC, with like how good games are looking on the VR, uh, like I I definitely want to see more like open ended games. 
100%. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, well, you know, it's funny you say Skyrim, because I remember when I came home with that PlayStation VR, I was still living with my folks, and my dad's like, why in the hell did you waste your money on that stupid shit? And <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever, it's my money, I work, I'll get out your house eventually. And then, like, maybe a week later, my brother was over at the house, and he was playing it, and he set my dad up on it. My dad sat there for, like, a good two hours playing Skyrim, just running around, just swinging shit at the wall, and just, like, he, I remember him taking it off, he's like, you know what, I apologize for making fun of you now, and went straight to his room and watched TV. <laughs> I was like, it's like, if VR made him, if that made him a believer, I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right, is that, like, it's hard to showcase this, and we've seen this in E3 um, the past few years, where they'll, they'll try to demo these VR games, and it just, it's it's not something you can just tell someone about, or something that you can just watch someone do, You ha- it's something you need to experience. Um, so I really hope that, especially with NextGen, um, that we focus more on in-store demos and getting that out there to people to actually put on the headset and try. I know Oculus was doing that at Best Buy for a good while. Um, and I actually just, I mean, I had already tried it, but, you know, fuck it. I tried it again. I was, you know, and it was really fun, like, see, like bringing other people and having them try the, the, you know, the climbing game. And there's like a puzzle one on there. They had like a whole demo set and seeing like just the faces light up, like, you know, as soon as they take the helmet off and they're like, wow, I thought I would be, I would be scared or, or I didn't know how I'd feel about this, but this is incredible. Like they, it, it needs to be something that's tangible, like that they feel. Um, I think that's a big aspect of VR as well. 100%. It's all about accessibility. It's still not as accessible as it needs to be. Once you start putting it into the hands of people and they're like, oh, wow, this is really a thing, and like this is actually you know, a lot less clunky than what people remember, then we'll get to that point. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're we're heading towards there. I mean, you have stuff like the Oculus Go where you could use like um where it's like it's it's completely wireless, which is something I feel like it that the industry needs to head towards to make it more accessible to people. Um so they they made it wireless. Um I think it was the Oculus the Oculus Go is the one that you don't need a PC to use at all. I, I, I think. think so. Yeah, it's like the Go or the Quest, one of those two. Yeah, uh, actually, I think I think you're right. I think it might be the quest, but yeah, stuff like that. We're sort of heading towards that world where you don't have to be tied down to having a PS4, or tied down to having like a, a gaming PC. You could just have this hardware and use it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they have things like VR arcades now. Like I didn't even know that until a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, we've got, and I love what uh, one of you guys said. I think it was Gabby said that you know there are going to be plenty of applications outside of gaming as well, to be utilized. I think the school is a fantastic way to do that. I mean, Google Maps alone is is phenomenal, like, for, for any sort of VR experience um, for, you know, for, for you to learn from. Um, you know, if you're a doctor, you could use VR to, you know, uh, horrifically replicate a, an operation scenario, you know? Uh, something like that. I think that there are so many practical uses for vr that i think absolutely it's going to be eventually just permeated within in the culture but yeah as far as gaming goes i think we're we're working our way there um it's been steady i think it's been really solid this gen 
Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next, honestly. 100%. Yeah, yeah I, know for, I know for a second um, after the PlayStation VR came out, it was like a good like couple of months where I was like, damn, they're not saying anything about this VR. Like, <laughs> did they give up on it already? But then that's when they started... Um, they started releasing more games. They released that um, that light gun, like the PlayStation Aim controller, yeah. which by far, like if you want to play shooters on the PlayStation VR, get yourself that Aim controller. Oh, 100%. Road testimonial, too, because I bought Farpoint as well. Farpoint with the controller is way better than it is with the move sticks. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, Chris, when I played it at your place, it was like, was it was I using the move or the gun? I think it was the move controllers, right? When when we played Super Hot, yeah. But did you would, did you have a chance to play any of the other games with the gun? I think did I have you play? Um, you had Farpoint. It was it was Farpoint. There was like another game, the game that uh, another game that launched with it. Honestly, I just I mostly remember Super Hot from oh, that night. Oh, you uh, the other game that launched out Farpoint. It was like a shooter. Um, it was like a realistic milsim. Uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. And then there's another one that you can play. It's like a multiplayer VR shooter as well mm-hmm. that you use a controller with, which I've played both of them. And, like, yeah, there's still some kinks in there. But it's definitely – that controller is definitely optimized for Farpoint. Yeah, and, like, I, I think um, Arizona, Arizona Sunshine was another good one that okay. I played with it. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, and that's like your, your zombie shooter. Okay. I, I really want to see what – my, what my dream VR game is is either – is either like some sort of dog fighting thing, like an ace combat, which I think they actually exists, um, and uh, or like a space game, which again I think that exists with No Man's Sky. Like um, I would, I want some sort of like me sitting in a cockpit, like like flying somewhere. Like that would be that's my you, dream VR. You know what? Too that's actually out because if you can hook one of those up to like a full, because you know people have the full uh, flight simulators with all the yeah. knobs and fun. You have one of those in there with the rudders and pedals, and you throw that VR headset on. Like, you're, yeah, you're there. You're a pilot. You go fly yep. for Delta that that night. You'll be on Delta. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got this. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. I, I, that is my dream VR game, honestly. So, uh, man, now I do want to go buy that. Dang, headset. dang, Rod. I thought I thought I knew you better. I thought it was going to be a Jet Set Radio game. Well, yeah, that's like Ooh. a close. <laughs> That's a close second or third. That's like my favorite franchise ever. Um, but, you know, I have to think of things that are actually going to happen, Chris. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> they, they let, after the second one, they let that go. Yeah, they let it go. I, I cry every night, you know, about it. Um, I remember because uh, I used to have the, is the Jet Set Radio Future with the Sega GT on the Xbox. The double, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, classic! It's it's a classic, classic package, and it's a classic game. I've played that game. It formulated part of my childhood. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think my music. I think our music tastes like all subconsciously is like based off of that soundtrack. Like I, I still yes. go back and listen to it. Oh man, you man, you really are the best guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my SoundCloud has that album saved like one thousand percent. Did you know that there was a, a an actual pirate radio station that someone created and it played like online and they actually played um, original tracks like from Jet Set Radio and then like other stuff that just sounded like it would have been in the game and it just functioned completely like um, like like an actual Jet Set Radio station in real life. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll have to try to find it and, and send it over. It's fantastic. 
All right. Yeah. That now. Yeah, you're right, Chris. Now I want that. I want that in VR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I knew it. I knew it. Hey, man. You mean it's possible with especially those omnidirectional pads? Like you could jet set radio on those omnidirectional pads with like some skates, and says so that's moving. It's always moving. Like. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it's the the, the technologies here is the applications haven't met up to it yet. Sega, you hear that? Hire this man. Look, I'll be I'll be R D all day. I'll be <laughs> lean as hell, skating twelve hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, um, man, episode twenty five just just came and went, but we're gonna go ahead and roll out the red carpet. Gabby, once again, thanks for being on this episode. Um, really appreciate your insight on like the VR and then your insight on on um on siege like i i honestly haven't really picked up siege in a while so uh just hearing like how much the game is sort of flourishing right now how like how much they put into the game how they're still supporting it that's good to hear because uh a lot of communities like you said um you think you know after a couple years the community might be dead but it's always good to hear that people are still playing the game oh it's i don't think it's gonna die anytime soon i think i think it's gonna have the same longevity as a csgo Mm, okay but uh with that anything you want to shout out anything you're working on where people can find you on uh social media or anything like that uh i mean my handle is still uh gabx64 g-a-b-i-x-6-4 and that's literally my handle on any everything and anything you could probably pull me up my tax records off of that handle but uh <laughs> no i mean i appreciate you guys having me on it's been awesome all right thanks man uh rod you got anything Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Gabby. You were amazing. Love having you on, man. Definitely come back again. And uh, episode 25, Chris, like doing this show for 25 weeks has been extremely stressful and I never want to do it again. Um, I'm that's I'm joking. That is a joke. (laughs) No, man. Like this is one of the highlights of my week every single week and uh, couldn't do it with with the. a better pal. So, Chris, tears at twenty-five more. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you guys on episode fifty. But before that, y'all know how I like to end these things. Wait, one second. So, Can I for twenty-five? I'm gonna try to recite the whole thing. Yo, what? I've never done it. You know how I feel about this, but I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try it. Okay. Right? Yo, let me sit back and yo, go ahead. All right. Are we ready? Ready? Yep. Okay. Need you to eat your greens. Drink more water. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is how it goes, right? Um, uh, take your vitamins. Mm-hmm. Uh, charge your phone. Yep. Oh, that's uh, a new one, but yeah. <laughs> done. <laughs> um, hold on. I got this. Uh, I don't got this. I, I got like three. All right. That was the best I can do. I'm sorry. It's all good. Yo, but, but it's the message that I'm trying to come across with. So I'm glad that you got some of it. That means that... I- for, for 25 weeks, some of it is staying. So, I got three out of 25. That's really good. <laughs> but guys, drink more water, moisturize your ankles, take your vitamins, eat your greens, don't sweat the small stuff, read more, keep people around you that will tell you the truth, be humble, commit to things. Listen, your greatest strengths, no, your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. Think about that. Text your friends who you haven't talked to in a while and change the sound of your alarm every couple of days to help you wake up. I, I guarantee you it will help you out. 
stop waiting for the perfect time there will always be an excuse to not be productive and if you're traveling which i mean the end of the summer for a lot of people but people will still travel so this is for you use your front pockets to carry stuff because otherwise you can make it easier for pickpockets if you don't if you have life problems don't run away from them face them because they'll haunt you later on if you don't if you want to make a life change take it one day at a time ask yourself how can i uh what can i do today to make that change just because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't make them your enemy. And when was the last time you backed up your phone? Think uh, about it. That was it. Mm-hmm. Well, Rod, when was the last time you backed up your phone? Um, never. And I lost everything because of it. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, so make sure it's recent. Back up your phone. Never go to the grocery store on an empty stomach. Leave things better than how you found them. And that's for all of my people working resale right now. They're all clapping and yelling. They... They'll appreciate you a lot more if you just leave things better than how you found them. Make the journey fun. Hey, that's what we're doing in episode 25. If you're going to impulse on something and you happen to talk yourself out of it, save that money you're going to spend. Think about it. You're, you're already ready to spend that money. Go ahead and save it. Clear out your voicemail. Yeah. Yeah, you. The person that anytime I'm trying to call and it says your, your voicemail is full or not even set up. I'm trying to leave you a message. Why you calling me out here, man? I got fifty three. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and clear it out. Sit up straight. Yeah. Yeah, you that's listening right now. Sit up straight. Keep your shoulders back. Because your poor posture is why you're sore all the time. And last but not least, guys, stay beastly. Have fun. We'll catch you next time on, you know, should I play that podcast? Should I play that on YouTube? Facebook, Instagram, wherever we're at, we're here. Peace.